0: Right now in your homes, if you're thankful for what God's done for you, what he's brought you from, go ahead and shout, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, just so good. If you didn't do another thing for me, God, you've done enough. You've already paid the ultimate price. You've already given everything that you could have, God. And I thank you, Jesus, for that. You laid down your life when I didn't deserve it. In Jesus name in Jesus name we praise the Lord Church thank you so much for joining us tonight here at uh, our Wednesday night Bible study and uh, I'm going to be talking to you tonight on a subject that uh, it's been on my heart for a while now and and uh, when my dad my pastor asked me to speak I didn't take it lightly I said you know what I need to do some major study and to make sure that I have what God, has, uh, wants me to speak and wa- wants me to give to you tonight. So please bear with me tonight. This message is called Chosen. We are a chosen people. We have been hand-selected for a time as this. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, if you have your Bible, Please follow along. The Bible says that it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Jesenaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into the other ships, which was Simon's. He's talking about Peter. And prayed Prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So Jesus began preaching out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking. He said unto Simon. Launch out into the deep. And let down your nets. For a drought. And Simon answering said unto him. Master. Master. We have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish. And they break their net. And they, beck- they beckoned unto their partners, which were in another ship, that they should come and help. And they came. And filled both ships so that they began to sink. They had too much of what God was going to give them. That their boat, it just wasn't big enough. When Simon Peter saw it, this is the part that gets me. Is immediately after God just blessed him. He fell down on his knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the drought of which or of the fishes which they had taken and so was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee which were partners with Simon and Jesus said unto Simon fear not for henceforth thou shalt catch men and when sh- and when they had brought their ships to land they forsook all and followed him I'm going to say a quick word of prayer. If you're in your homes, here in service tonight, please bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for this night, this appointed night, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to give me a boldness, God, to deliver what you've given me to speak to everybody tonight, God. Not only open their hearts and their minds, God, but but give me the strength to deliver it how you want me to deliver it tonight, God. Touch us in a mighty way, God. Help us to grow from this message, God. And know how valuable we are to you, Jesus. Amen. The title of this message is Chosen. I believe every person watching on live stream right now has a calling on their life. You each have a very unique, tailor-made calling that only you can fulfill. The Bible says in 2 Timothy Chapter one, verses nine, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Jesus Christ before the world began. The first part of this verse says not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. I'm going to stop right here and say, you can't pray enough for your call. You can't fast enough for your call. You can't give enough for your call. For it was only by his purpose and grace that we even have our call. Can I tell you tonight that your calling was created before you were created? God had a plan for you before you were ever born. You are no accident Because God doesn't make mistakes. Everything he does, think about this, everything God does is intentional. There is not one word in the Bible that wasn't ordained. God didn't place you in the wrong home. You weren't born into the wrong family. You didn't get the wrong job. You didn't go to the wrong school. Because God is intentional. Nothing is on accident or by chance with God. I'm here to tell you tonight, there is a reason you were born into that home. There is a reason you were born into that family. There is a reason you are at that job. Young people, there is a reason you are at that school. It is your calling. You were called by His grace and for his purpose. Let me say that again. You were called by his grace and for his purpose. Your calling might be to be a preacher, to be a worship leader, a youth pastor, to be a Sunday school teacher, to be a missionary. And let me get a little bit more personal. Your call might be to be like brother Charles and not leave the parking lot until everybody is safe and on their way home. Your call might be to be like Sister Lisa and clean the church so we have a clean place to worship. Your call might be to be like Brother Tom and bring mints and donuts every Sunday morning to people that want them. Or to be like Sister Greep and make amazing desserts for people just to make their day. And surprise them. There is no such thing as a little calling. Everything you contribute to the kingdom of God matters. Everything your hand findeth to do matters to God. Every compliment you pay your brother or your sister, it matters. Everything that you do to the least of these matters. Now the question is not you have a call but are you going to answer the call the bible says in matthew 22:14 for many are called but few are chosen this verse used to bother me because i thought who decides who's chosen and god spoke to me as i was studying and he said you decide if you're chosen when you accept the call. When you are willing to drop your nets. Like Peter and Andrew. To follow Christ. They had to first. Abandon. What they thought. Their purpose was in life. Think about that. They were fishermen. That was their job. They're probably pretty good at it. And then here comes Jesus. If God ever asked you. To abandon what you you thought you were supposed to be doing. Would you listen? It's a scary thing. To walk away from everything that you thought you were supposed to be doing. But that's what happens when you listen to the voice of God. He is going to ask you to drop your nets. And follow him. There is no sacrifice that you're ever going to give to God. That won't be worth it. God has so much more planned for you in your life. If you would just follow Him. The miraculous and the wonderful happens when you follow Christ. I believe we focus so heavily on being chosen that we forget to accept the call. We make it more about how special we are than the calling God has for us. What good is a phone call if you're not willing to answer it? God could call you all day long. But until you answer that call and let him speak to you, you're just called. You're not chosen. Your coworkers are counting on you to accept that call. Your family members, your friends, you are the only Bible that they will ever read. and You are the only Jesus they will ever meet. See, I break it down into three types of people when it refers to your call specifically. The first is someone who thinks they are not qualified for their call. This is someone that wasn't raised in church. You've never had a a big personality. You don't consider yourself influential. You doubt what God can do with you based on your past or how insignificant you feel. The story comes to mind about David and Goliath, and you've heard it many times. The story of David that was bold enough to step out onto a battlefield because there was a cause. And he felt a call on his life to do something for God. See, David was not raised in a palace. David was a small boy. He didn't have the stature of his older brothers. He may have killed a lion and a bear, but... By all accounts, he had never stepped out onto a real battlefield. By all accounts, he was an amateur fighter. I want to stop right here and tell you that there is nothing wrong with being an amateur for Christ. The word amateur comes from the Latin word amare, which means to love. I'm a big golfer. And in the golfing world, an amateur golfer doesn't get paid. They don't get paid a dime. It's the professional that's in it for the money. Whereas the amateur is only doing it for the love of the game. I'm going to tell you that God has an issue when you become a professional Christian. When you start to use church for your own personal gain. When you start to ask God what he could do for you instead of what you can do for him. See, you're never unqualified for your call. Because again, God made it for you before he made you. He had a purpose that he fits you to. If you get that, God said, I have, a, I have, a, I have an idea, I have a purpose for this person. And I'm going to craft I'm going to create the perfect person for this purpose. His purpose was created before you. That's why you can never outrun your call. It's always going to be waiting for you. Yeah, you may lose a a piece of of yourself and, and, and you feel like you doubt yourself and you doubt your anointing. But I promise you, your call will be there. Second, is someone who accepts their call or wants to accept their call but can't. They want to accept their call, but can't. This is someone that has wrapped their life in in things that don't matter. They've they they have wrapped they, they they're so wrapped in the friends that they have, and, and they surround themselves with with the people that are specifically designed to quiet the voice of God. Whether you're young or whether you're old. When you surround yourself with people that don't believe what you believe. And they become your voice of reason. Even if you want to accept your call. They're holding you down. They are going to, to manipulate scripture. They will take one scripture out of context. They, 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 will, they will try to, to do everything in their power. To get you to become like them, just so they don't feel the the conviction of God. They're trying to, to take out your light so they don't see their own issues. I think about the story of Moses. See, Moses was spared at birth for the sole purpose of freeing the children of Israel. He was raised in Pharaoh's home, the very man that was enslaving his people, he was surrounded by. His entire life he grew up thinking he was a prince. Oh, he was a leader, but he wasn't a prince. He was a chosen child of God. See, he was so, he was so you know, fulfilled by being a prince that he lived his, a majority of his life, a big piece of his life. Not really caring. And then you know the story. He was chased out of the city because he killed one of Pharaoh's guards. It was there that God could finally speak to Moses. Moses had to separate himself from everyone he was around to find his calling. A lot of times, the closer you get to God, the smaller the crowd becomes. You weren't called to just be mixed in with your friends. You were called to save your friends. You were called to lead your friends out of bondage. You are Moses. If you keep surrounding yourself with, with Pharaoh and, and, and your brother and, and, and your royalty and you feel like you're accomplished and, and you have no idea and, and you can't even hear the voice of God, you need to remove yourself. You need, you need to find a place where God can speak with you. Because those are the very people that you need to save. Your friends are there so that, that, that you can lead them to Christ. Again, your calling was created before you were. Your situation that you're in right now is for a reason. It is intentional. The people that you are, are, have influence over, that is intentional. But you can't do it without the voice of God. You can't do it without your calling. You can't lead people to Christ until you visit a burning bush, until God speaks to you and gives you his power. Moses would would never have been able to accomplish the things that he accomplished and to free the children of Israel if he didn't go to that bush first. If he didn't have the power of God with him, he would have never, never been able to free the people he was called and created to free. So if you are Moses tonight, if you have surrounded yourself with people that that are, are more of an influencing than, than you are an influencer. You got to be careful. I've seen so many friends of mine go to colleges and become so smart. That they outsmart God. They outthink salvation. They lose their conviction because of the things that they allow to, to, to impact their mind and their, their hearts. It's a very sad thing. People that I love that have walked away. People that were born in it that know better because of the people that they surrounded themselves with. The third person is someone who knows they have a call but throws it away. This is someone that was raised in church but walked away. Raised to know what was right and wrong their entire life, but couldn't live it anymore. They couldn't deal with the pressures of their friends. They couldn't deal with, you know, the, the things that, that, that affected them in their life. Maybe it was a, a, a bad situation. Maybe it was a death in the family. Maybe, I don't know what it was. But it caused you to say, you know what? My calling is just not worth it. I've, I've been told my entire life. That I have a calling. See, I, I've I, I've dealt with this before, and 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 this is, I've dealt with this personally. When I was a young teenager, you know, I I'm on the platform, but I can't say that I was was you know completely just sold out. I, I I'm being completely honest with you and be being truthful with you that that even 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 you know somebody that's on the platform can can still backslide. Somebody that's on the front row can still backslide. You could literally be in church, but God still doesn't have your heart. You still haven't dropped your nets. See, I asked a buddy of mine, Eli Perez, somebody that I really admire, and I, I, I love that guy so much, but he said, I asked him, I said, how can somebody be on the platform? And after they walk down, you know, people come up to him, oh, man. When you sing, you're just so amazing. You, you you usher in the presence of God. You're so anointed. And then you go out and live however you want. How is that possible? He said, Corey, God will use inanimate objects. He will use things for his purpose. Like a rock he will use to strike open for water. He will use a donkey to speak. But the moment he's done using them, they go back. To what they were see Samson the Bible the story of Samson comes to mind about this type of person as musicians can come Samson is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because he reminds me so much of me Samson was a Nazarite with certain rules Being a Nazarite means that you had to submit yourself to certain rules and certain convictions. But with that came amazing power, amazing ability. With Samson, he was created to defeat the Philistines, the enemy of God's people. He was literally constructed and held together by these convictions and these rules. He made one compromise after another. Nazarites weren't supposed to touch anything dead. He touched the jawbone of a donkey. He drank from the carcass of a lion. He began to order his parents instead of obey them. He began to be complacent of who he was called to be. He found a beautiful woman. And he said, I I want to marry that woman. He told his parents. He ordered his parents to go get her. Instead of listening to his parents' words. He began to be complacent. Somebody that I listen to a lot, Reverend Rodriguez, said, today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Again, today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Don't ever get to a place in your walk with God where you start to become complacent with your convictions. Don't ever get to that point. God gave you those convictions because of his purpose. You may look at them as rules. You may look at them as as hindrances because it's not allowing you to be free and and to be who you want to be. If you could just look past that, God has so much power for you. God has so much ability. God has such a great purpose in defeating the enemy. But you're so caught up in who you are and who you want to create yourself to be. That you forget the calling on your life, you forget God's purpose. Peter, First Peter, chapter two, verse nine says, "But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people; that ye would shew or show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness." And into His marvelous light, where your friends see peculiar or weird, God sees chosen. When you don't feel right, and and oh man, I, I can't I can't imagine what my friends are going to say at work. My my coworkers, man, they're they're not going to ever want to hang out with me. I got I gotta I gotta you know, I gotta give up some something, maybe a little bit at a time. With Delilah, he he gave a little bit of information at a time. My dad talked about it where it was first started with just tying him. And then it moved into tying my hair. Touching my anointing. Touching the thing that God said to leave alone. Now this is why Samson is one of my favorite Bible characters, is what happened to Samson. He was taken as a prisoner, his eyes were plucked out, he was beaten, made a slave. And they brought him in, in front of everybody, all of, all of the Philistines, all, all, all of his enemies were surrounding him, mocking him, he was tied up to two pillars part about this is that Sansom knew what he had done if I only would have listened to my parents if I only would have held on to the convictions that God gave me I never would be in this position right now I never would be as low as I am right now I would still have the power so what did he do he asked for forgiveness he says God Grant me my strength one more time. Just one more time. The story isn't about how he was granted his strength again. I look at it as the next verses that talk about how he, he completely demolished that building that was, was, he was caged to. And he was strapped to. And everybody died in that building see he still fulfilled his purpose he was created to destroy the philistines and because he knew that he had to come back to god his source of strength his source of power god said you know what that's your calling this is your calling even though you walked away from it for a little bit it's still there it hasn't changed you're still meant to destroy the enemy again in second Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began you can't earn your calling you can't pray enough for your calling it's just there it's your purpose you just have to accept it and just like Samson you can be restored it's not too late to accept your call as long as you have breath in your body you can accept your call it's here waiting for you tonight it's in your home it's in your prayer closet don't just be called Answer the call and be chosen. Don't just be satisfied with coming to church and feel like you're called. Answer that call and be chosen.